You're listening to Rhodey Radio, Rhode Island Library Radio Online. Hello, everyone. I am Emily Goodman from the Rhodey Radio team, and I'm joined in conversation today with Tina Gwinnett Peterson, who's a motivational speaker and is currently the CEO, founder, and people connector for her own national nonprofit, RAMP, which stands for Real Access Motivates Progress. She works with all businesses, professions, government entities, and first responders on all areas of communication and best practices for working to include the disability community. She was appointed to the United States Access Board by President Biden, sits on Governor's Commissions on Disabilities and Aging, and she's a community member of many businesses and organizations to ensure that all people, no matter their ability, are included in the conversation. Her two best quotes are, don't just sit there, make a difference, and if you can stand up, stand out. Tina, it's an honor to talk to you today. Thank you for being here. And is there anything that was left out of your bio that you would like to share with everyone? No, that's pretty much it. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to this um, conversation uh, and talking to you. So first, something that uh, was not in your bio, but I know is something about you, is that you have been named the National uh, SLICC, which is the uh, Success Through Leadership, Integrity, Character, and Confidence uh, Ambassador Organization. Uh, And so what has that been like, and what have you been doing with that title? Well, that's absolutely been incredible. Um, It is a national pageant based on community service, and I was the first person of disability in a wheelchair to ever compete in all the years. And I not only competed, but I won. Uh, The first top prize uh, was a mission trip to Puerto Rico, which I just completed uh, last week. We went out to uh, Puerto Rico for a week. And the only accommodation I asked for was a plug to charge my wheelchair every uh, day. But we slept in air mattresses in a church and we helped the community rebuild from all the storms and hurricanes like Hurricane Maria. Um, Having this national platform and showing the world that no matter your ability, you can do anything um, has been absolutely a dream come true. That sounds incredible. You're also on the Commission for Disabilities and Aging. What is that organization? What's it like to be a part of that? And who else works on that project? Um, The Governor's Commission on Disability and the Governor's Commission on Aging are two commissions in the state that holds um, everything for disability and aging accountable. So it's a group of like-minded people who work in those areas. They're two separate commissions, making sure that, like for the um, Commission on Disability, it's making sure that things are accessible. It's making sure that we're holding people accountable. It's looking at legislation to make sure that it is including people of all abilities Uh, in all of our bills and so much more. Um, And aging does the same thing, but for the aging community. Are there any projects that you're specifically working on with those commissions that you want to share? Not really. Like I said, it's an overall. So it's basically what's going on in Rhode Island. Uh, You know, I'm at the state house constantly um, testifying on bills for either commission or just personally. So, you know, there's bills like the Sherlock plan and the ADUs, um, which is accessory dwelling units. Um, So many things to just make sure that 
the aging community and the disabled community are being included. Related to that, what kind of changes are you hoping to see come to Rhode Island maybe in the next year, the next five years, anything on the horizon that you're you're either hopeful for or working on? Um, I am hopeful for accessibility. I mean, we have one. Ramp works mostly with the businesses, events, and organizations. I mean, we can't help the personal side, but I'm the only organization that works on the opposite side. 40% of Rhode Islanders use a mobility aid, whether it's a walker, wheelchair, or a cane, in the disability and the aging communities combined. So my one and only goal is to make sure that all businesses are becoming accessible. We are the only state in the country that has a workability grant, which gives every business a $5,000 grant to become accessible on top of $15,000 in tax breaks each year. We help the businesses use that money um, in the best way possible to make their business affordably accessible. Just imagine every business let in 40% of the community. They'd raise their bottom line and people would have a place to gather. It's a no-brainer, but it's something that people just don't know how to do. So that's what we do. We help them do that. And how, how do people connect with you to do that? Um, they can check out my website, which is rampisinclusion.org, or they can email me directly, which is ramptina at yahoo.com. I mean, I'm pretty much everywhere, so it's easy to find where I am and what I'm doing. Um, and now that um, I just found out this morning that I am in the top five for person of the year for Rhode Island for the um, community service or the community choice awards, um, I'll be even out there even more. That's incredible. Is that through Rhode Island Monthly or who's that through? It's through the Providence Journal. They used to be the Reader's Choice Awards. Now they're called the Community Choice Awards. Um, and it's a new category for person of the year. So I'm hoping I've earned everybody's vote um, and uh, actually make that happen. It would be incredible for my community to see that a wheelchair user is seen and heard and valued um, just like everybody else. So it's a bigger deal to me um, because of who I stand for in the community I represent. And we got some tough competition. Um, so we need all of the votes that we can get. <laughs> Well-deserved. I will be plugging in my votes for you. Uh, so we talked a little bit about your organization, RAMP. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what that is, how you founded that? Um, You've talked a little bit about your goals, but uh, give us sort of a, a broad overview of RAMP. What RAMP does is we educate and advocate for accessibility. Like I said, we mostly work with the businesses, events, and organizations to make sure that they're set up for success for wheelchair users, walkers, strollers, knee scooters, basically for anybody. Would you rather have your grandmother and her walker or cane navigating a ramp or navigating stairs? Um, you know, we're just, we just want to help make sure that everything is accessible. Um, we help with grants. We help with businesses to show them how to use it, how to spend the money. We show, we train their um, employees how to interact with the disabled community or to hire the disabled community. Um, and we also have our big event in September, which is called Accessibility is Beautiful at the Steel Yard. This year, it's September 23rd from 11 to 5 where all of our vendors and entertainment are from the disability community or related to 
the disability community, and we welcome the general public and the businesses to come in and learn and interact and realize how similar we are together. It ends up being a big party, and we've had so many people hired, um, businesses opening their doors to us, and artwork and entertainment throughout our community from all walks of life. That's incredible. That was one of the other questions that I had for you was about that event. So it sounds really exciting. Oh, it's it's an amazing event. And we have been growing. This is, will be our third year. We have been growing so much that this year we have the Steel Yard and Farm Fresh Rhode Island and the entire Sims Avenue closed down because we bring in so many people each year um, that we had to expand. So we're always looking for sponsors and vendors for this event. And you can go onto our website and fill out your application to be a vendor or sponsor or just learn about it. We also do the Presidential Service Awards. So if you are a person who does a lot of community service, you can register for the uh, Presidential Community Service Awards. Or you can recommend somebody who you know does a lot of good work in our community for the awards and we give them out at the event how many uh, awards do you do um last year we gave out 30 awards the awards come in bronze silver and gold level so depending on how many service hours you do will depend on what level of the award that you received i have received the highest level the lifetime achievement award last year i did 4700 hours of community service in one year but in order to earn that award Usually most people do that over time, but because I have the time and the passion, I did it in a year. (laughs) Absolutely incredible, highly deserved award for you. Well, actually, I'm I'm going out to, I just got back from my Puerto Rico trip and my Miami trip uh, for mission work. And next week I go out to Washington for Roll on the Capitol with United Spinal. But I'm also finalizing my paperwork for my appointment by President Biden to the United States Access Board, which is going to be a huge undertaking. I I have a seat at the table for the architecture and transportation, which means I will have a lot of say on federal standards and regulations um, that I will be able to bring down to my state, uh, which I will also have a vote on all of the other um, individual boards that that stands with. And I'm so excited to have this seat and be nominated and appointed to this prestigious position. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, so there's so much going on. Um, I have my hands involved in so many different things. It sounds like it, yeah. <laughs> uh, can you talk a little bit more about that role on DC? The one that you're going to uh, Role on Capitol Hill. On Capitol Hill, yes. Uh, We, all spinal cord injury individuals from across the country, gather in Washington um, next week where we will be talking to legislators on the bills that we are working on. This year is working on ensuring that we'll be able to bring our wheelchairs on airplanes after having four flights in two weeks. I can tell you the difficulty of giving up your chair Trusting it in the hands of somebody else and praying that it comes back in one piece um, mm-hmm. is a huge piece to us. I mean, the first leg of my trip, I arrived in Puerto Rico, but my chair arrived three hours later. So you can imagine oh my what that was like. Um, we have to transfer out of our chairs 
Um, they had forgotten me on the airplane. They were reboarding the next flight and forgot to take me off the plane uh, because I just can't get up and walk out on my own. Um, so there's so many challenges of chairs being broken, chairs being lost, um, you know, forgetting you on the plane or what have you. So having the dignity to be able to dock our wheelchairs on an airplane would be the most incredible thing. Besides the fact we're the first ones on the plane and the last ones off. What people don't realize is we can't use the bathroom in between. So mm -hmm. if it's a four to six hour flight, we are not able to use the bathroom. So imagine not having that dignity to be able to use the bathroom when you need to. Absolutely. So is that going into in front of Congress this year? Uh, yes, it's going in front of Congress each year. Uh, but this year, we're hoping that it passes. But Delta has stepped up. Um, there's an article on my um, social media pages. Delta has stepped up to raise the concept of lifting a seat um, in first class where we would be able to dock and tie down our chairs to the seat. Wow. Um, they have just launched that on June 6th. And I am so excited because Delta has been one of my favorite um, ways to fly. They have always had disability in mind, but having this option now where we could just roll our chairs on and dock it to a chair and a seat um, would be a huge first step. I mean, it's one seat on a plane, um, but it's a start and that's the way I look at it. I know. So uh, what about legislation that's uh, specific to Rhode Island? Is there anything that you're working on? Um... Yep, we're working on the Sherlock plan, which I just found out got put into the budget, but it, we're still waiting for the vote on it, which means that people of disability, um, we're not allowed to take raises or we're not allowed to take um, work too many hours or they take away our disability um, and our medical, which people don't realize doesn't pay for much, but pays for a lot more than private insurance pays. So if we were to lose our medical, so imagine getting appointed to the president's board and getting a stipend three times a year and having to waive that stipend because it will take away your SSDI or your um, medical insurance for you. So now I'm basically working for free. I don't know a lot of Americans that would do that. But as a disabled American, we don't really have a choice until they pass bills like this where we can work as much as we want and be contrib contributing members to society um, with no fear of losing anything. Absolutely. And especially because, I, as I understand, disability is not, you know, a very large sum of money that you're getting in the first no, place. No, I mean, we get, we get max, most people get $1,000 a year on average uh, a month. I would, I would um, challenge anybody to live on $1,000 a month for food, clothing, um, rent and everything like that to live amongst yourselves. I mean, it's not even a living wage, right. but by losing that, we have nothing to fall back on. We're also not allowed. The other thing that this bill would do is we're not allowed to have more than $2,000 worth of assets in any bank account at any given time. So, and I have to put $4,000 worth of equipment into my wheelchair every year or buy a new wheelchair. And they're like five to seven grand just for the down payment of one of these chairs, not counting all of our medical equipment that we need and whatever. So how do we survive? How do I pay for my van? That's my only means of transportation and getting out of the house 
on a thousand dollars a month? How do I live or have rent? I mean, rent is a thousand dollars a month. Yeah, so either I pay my right. rent or buy food and medication. So people don't realize how restricted we are. It's not that we can't work. It's not that we don't want to work. It's that the fact that we're so restricted um, with everything that we can't work because um, we'd lose too many things. So we're trying to change that so we can be contributing members of society with humanity and dignity. Absolutely. And so how can people support what is uh, going on in the Rhode Island legislature? They can write to their congressmen, their senators, uh, and their representatives to make sure that they're passing bills like this. We also brought a brand new app to Rhode Island called the Parking Mobility App. We all know how accessible parking um, is so difficult where people park in the hash marks or people block us in or they take up our parking spaces, um, you know, when they're doing events and stuff like that. That now there's this new app called Parking Mobility that Ramp has brought to Rhode Island where people can now go on and report these things that are going on um, quietly without confrontation. They can just take a couple of pictures through this app and make a report. They can also find out the status of their reporting. Did this person pay the bill? Did this person get a citation? Did this person go to court? They won't get any personal information, but they will just get a status update generically on the report that they made. But the other thing that this app does is you can report bikes and scooters that are left all over the, mm -hmm. um, the sidewalks. So what happens is you will get a citation saying, hey, you blocked hash marks. You can either pay the $250 fine or for $50, you can take a 30-minute online course and learn about accessible parking. Or you can't rent another scooter until you take a three-minute online course of how to properly place those scooters after the fact. Um, two violations, it's a $100 fee. Three violations, you can't rent another biker scooter for six months. So we're not going after the money aspect. We're going after the education to stop the violations, to let everybody enjoy life properly. Yeah. And access the sidewalks. Equally. Yeah. So you can download that app. It's on parkingmobility.com. Um, just download the app and you can start using it. Okay, the last question that I have for you here is I think that in an earlier conversation, you mentioned that you work with a dog rescue, and I am a rescue dog mom myself, so I wanted to hear a little bit more about your work with the dog rescue, which one do you work with, uh, and what's that like? I will work with any dog rescue, to be <laughs> honest with you. Um, I am a foster fail. Both of my service dogs, I have a 170-pound Great Dane and an 80-pound Pitbull. Um, who are both my now service dogs. They were both rescues at very early ages. Um, but I will work with any rescue. I'm a foster fail. I try to foster, but they never end up going home. Mm -hmm. But adopting is so important in Rhode Island. Adopt, don't shop. Uh, that is the word. But Paws is one that I use a lot um, among so many others. But like I said, I will work with any dog rescue because I believe the dog's I like dogs sometimes better than people. Um, they give you unconditional love. Um, they are always there to support you, and we need to be there to support them and to rescue them and to give them the lives that they deserve. So well put. Yes, I agree. 
Uh, did you train your dogs to be service dogs yourself? I absolutely did train my dogs. I believe in, um, I mean, unless you need them for, you know, blind services or diabetic or, mm -hmm. you know, something, you know, constantly like that. I trained my service dog, but I, I've been a trainer for a long time to do the services that I need. I don't believe a lot of the times in sending a dog away for a year, um, you're missing a year of bonding with that dog. Mm -hmm. um, also, the ACI does a great training program where the um, inmates will train the service dogs um, and then give them out as service dogs um, after the year that they've been training them. But both of my service dogs have been trained for what I need um you know my great dane has too much love to take him out so he's more of an in-house service dog because if i take him to restaurants he's eye level with everybody and he likes <laughs> to lick and kiss them but i don't take him out other than if i'm outside but he can crawl under me and when he stands up he can put me back into the chair or you know my pit bull is my security when i go out and about he's the one who comes out with me most of the time so he's got a lot of extra training because of his breed to protect him, not for the fact that he needed the extra training. Uh, so we're here on our roadie radio podcast, but you have your own podcast that you do right on Facebook every week. Can you talk a little bit about that and how people can, can get involved to yes. and watch every it? Wednesday night at seven o'clock. I do a live broadcast um, that goes out to many outlets. Um, we talk about all different kinds of resources, whether they're in Rhode Island or across the country that people of disability or aging can tap into or a new service. Like we didn't have a taxi service here in Rhode Island that was wheelchair friendly. Now there is one called with, um, with love transportation, um, that, you know, there are CNAs that run the transportation. So not only are you putting your loved ones in these vans that can take them anywhere 24 seven, but that you know that they're well taken care of. So we support any business, any organization or event that goes fully accessible. We will promote them. We will talk about them. We will talk about upcoming bills. We talk to a lot of legislators, the Lieutenant governor, congressmen, senators, they have all taken the time to be on my podcast. Actually the senators and congressmen believe in what we do at ramp so much that they all sat in a closet um, at the Capitol building to be on my show live one night while they were in between voting on bills at the Capitol level. Uh, but it just shows their commitment to accessibility um, and all things aging um, and how important it is to them. So we have some great representative and leads. Our Lieutenant Governor, our Governor has been on several times, Secretary of State. So we have buy-in of what we do from the top right down to one man operations that are just opening their doors. Okay. I think those are all of the questions that I had. Is there anything else that you feel like we missed that you want to talk about? No, I mean, that's pretty much it. Um, you know, I mean, that's who we are in a nutshell. If we don't know the answer, we will find the answer um, and we will make it happen. Excellent. That sounds like a, sounds like a librarian. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you for you. this opportunity. Of course. Roadie Radio is proud to be a resident partner of the Rhode Island Center for the Book and is brought to you by library staff and community members all around the Ocean State. This episode was made possible in part by a grant from the Rhode Island Council for the Humanities an independent affiliate of the National Endowment for the Humanities.
The Rhode Island Council for the Humanities seeds, supports, and strengthens public history, cultural heritage, civic education, and community engagement by and for all Rhode Islanders. You can find more from Rhodey Radio on Facebook and Instagram. And if you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe to Rhodey Radio and rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to help us reach more Rhode Islanders.